everybody, and welcome to Heads Must Roll, a D&D actual play series set in a world of tyranny, corruption, revenge, and vigilante justice. Each of our heroes has had a life-altering brush with corruption in their past. Because of their troubled past, our heroes were approached by a stranger who invited them to join an underground secret society of vigilante outcasts. The goal of the secret society is to expose and disrupt tyranny and corruption in the government. These are their adventures. My acting professors would be very disappointed with my breath control there, so. <laughs> Maybe disappointed for many reasons, probably, but. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Wow, thank you. Well, she's married to on me, so she note. shares my acting school debt, so. Joke's on you, really. Joke's <laughs> on you. So if everything went according to plan schedule-wise, uh, Merry Christmas. Um, baby, it's cold outside. I picked the rapiest uh, song? Christmas song to, to lead with there, sorry. Santa Baby's pretty good, though. Yeah. Santa Baby's pretty terrible. I mean, they're they're all terrible. I hate Christmas songs. So, uh, okay. Merry Christmas. Let's move the hell on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, it's like 80 degrees while we're recording this. It's the middle of summer right now. Yeah, I gotta be yeah, pumped. It is warm. Well, there's a hurricane on the way over here, so it's it's just humid. So we're gonna get this plane go, this uh, game going before Sam gets like sucked out into the street. <laughs> He's next to a window. Yep. So. Uh, we are here once again to play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so before we get started, let's just really quick go around and introduce our characters, starting with Aaron. Hello, I'm Aaron, returning as Delana Greatark, half elf, rogue, level three. She was once in this uh, sex cult thing, didn't work out so well. She's a bit scarred from it, and now she's uh, out here fighting crime with the the boys. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. And next we have we have Devin, 90s TV version of Devin here. <laughs> with the It looks pretty good on my end, but I believe you. Whatever. So my name is Devin. I play the character Daniel Sanway, who is a, a monk, third level monk, joining this band of misfits uh, in the hopes to one day seek retribution for the uh, brutal slaying of his master. And that's it. That's uh, that's juicy. That's great. Uh, and then next we have Sam. Sam, I'm playing Eli and the Vars, our Hexblade. Now looking for forward to whatever battles may be ahead, enjoying a life after vengeance or re-vengeance. Or I don't know if that's quite right, but then we're going with it. Re-re-vengeance, re-fried vengeance. I think that's called a vendetta, but uh, semantics. <laughs> Semantics aren't Warlock's strong suits. No. Uh, my name is Jake, and I am playing Ingus the Clown, a halfling bard. He is an aspiring clown with anger issues. That's it. That's the one-sentence summation of Ingus. And finally, we have Kurt. All right, I am Kurt. I'm playing Riven Larinus. He was a gentleman who grew up in a life of wealth, privilege, and power and loved every second of it until the privilege turned against him and he was on the receiving end of that. And like any good rich person did, he threw a threw a rich fit and turned to a life of crime. So he decided that he liked it, that was his true calling, and somehow, thanks to a mysterious stranger, that's turned into a life of fighting corruption. A rich fit, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I just I've seen them and they're scary. <laughs> Both our rogues, Riven and Delana, have been on the receiving end of privilege. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. That's that's rough. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the Patreon subscribers. Thanks, guys. Hashtag don't don't cancel heads must rule. Yeah. <laughs> no no longer any more OnlyFans though. Ooh. <laughs> we should have an OnlyFans. I have a feeling they're yeah. going to be... So the thing is that we made some OnlyFans jokes in the last episode and that it's probably going to be gone by the time it airs because what the fuck decision was that all about? Yeah, but we can still have a show dedicated to dad puns. Dad puns never die. <laughs> Just like Goonies. Yep. That's for all the kids at home that have totally watched <laughs> the Goonies. From the guy in the 4-3 aspect ratio. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. In order to transition from witty banter to <laughs> gameplay, I am going to officially hand the game over to our DM, Eric. Okay, and I will take the game. And I am Eric. I am the DM for this evening, playing as the world. <laughs> Very excited for as this one. As God. Mm -hmm, as <laughs> playing as God. So I am Gar in this. Oh, you didn't choose Hephaxaroth. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that'll be the other DM Wars. Yeah. 
Last time on Heads Must Roll, where we last left our heroes, they were investigating the Crypt of the Honored Dead behind the Temple of Mercy in order to hunt down Father Solomon, the head priest at the temple that had been charging ludicrous sums in order to heal the people there at the temple. They went into the crypt where he was, and they ran into a apparent zombie outbreak that had happened, so they took out a couple groups of zombies. Um, they met some other people uh, that were down in the crypt and rescued them once they found them. And so those people hopefully were able to leave safely and our heroes are now down in the crypt looking for Solomon. Whether those folks live or die, I think we should just take credit for rescuing them one way or another. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how they turned out yet. I guess there haven't been any like blood-curdling screams from that direction yet. Well, I mean... We rescued them. Whether or not they got themselves killed after we rescued them is really on them. <laughs> They're adults. Go ahead and chalk that one up as a win. <laughs> well, we got them out of their predicament. That's they have that's to have some matters. personal responsibility, you know. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> My work here is done. Clean our hands of them. <laughs> yeah, you guys can thank me later. I rescued you. Oh crap! There are more zombies. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, we didn't kill every single zombie in the entire world right now? Nope, and the NPCs ran right into them. No. Yeah, you know, if I'd considered the fact that they might turn into zombies themselves, I probably would have taken a little bit more care to make sure they didn't die, but that's really neither here nor there. So uh, Dan Daniel and Riven were the two that had stepped into that room where the NPCs were, and in the mm -hmm. natural, natural progression of things, I am just going to follow them into that room. Yeah, and so... As you can see, we're the, the NPCs, the townsfolk, and the other temple workers kind of before the room that they were trapped in. It looks like kind of like an old, old, like, meeting room where there's kind of like a really large table in the middle and a bunch of, like, obviously turned over chairs at this point. And there was some furniture kind of stacked up along the sides of the staircase to keep the, the zomboys from getting in. Like an ancient conference room. Mm-hmm. Pretty much a big, big conference room. You know, if they'd had Zoom, they wouldn't have been in zombie danger. <laughs> hey, Zoom, who wants to sponsor us? <laughs> right up there with McDonald's and Burger King. <laughs> right. Use a remote meeting, avoid zombie danger. <laughs> Aren't you at risk of becoming a zombie from all that Zooming? Ooh. That's the danger. We don't know it yet. By the time this airs, Zoom will be like COVID could have. Who knows? <laughs> well, I was thinking that maybe COVID got so like pervasive that we're in like a post-apocalyptic future, and Zoom is sort of like our big brother overlords. And we're also uploading to this guy who has uh, hand puppets and like a, a a booth, and like his TV and uh, all home life is dissolved into nothing. So he's on the on the wasteland streets. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, heads must roll. Yeah, it's now a live-action puppet cast. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways. So my question was, um, as the those uh, captive NPCs were running past us, were they wearing temple robes? Were they wearing civilian clothes? How, what did they look like? One of them was wearing temple robes as if they were one of like, the temple workers, and the other three just kind of looked like townsfolk from what you could tell. They were just wearing like commoner clothes. One guy kind of looked like, a, like he was a cook from somewhere. They were for oh. sure going to sacrifice them to the zombie plague. We should hire him to uh, replace Fiona so that we can have, like, better cooked meats. <laughs> yeah, we'll just put, like, a chain around his neck and he'll just, just go to town. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he's not a zombie. Never mind. Sorry. Not yet. That's right. It would require us to care if he survives or not, and that's too much to take I, on. All right I now. care about is if he's good at cooking ham. <laughs> we got a lot of ham left. Yeah, so much of it. <laughs> Can Danielson make a, a quick cursory glance on whoever may or may not be potentially hiding vampire bites as per, uh, like, the movies? Or, sorry, the stage plays that Daniel has seen back in Last Ongolese? Okay, so you mean like, so you're looking for zombie bites on like the yes. four people that kind of just walked by? Yeah, roll perception on them. Shit, you're right. I got all my shit together except for my dice. You look at the, the zombie bite that's on your own arm and then compare <laughs> it to what <laughs> might be on theirs. It was the same zombie, same teeth and everything. He done bit everyone. Uh, ten. A total of ten. As they kind of like hurriedly walk past, you don't see that these people have any bites on them, although they have, like, various blood sprays, and some of them seem to be, like, there's, like, some blood coming through the clothes on a couple of them, but you don't see any bites. Yeah, probably cool. They're probably just on their period. 
<laughs> all of them. Even the men. All of them. <laughs> Daniel's educated. <laughs> I told Erin that since she's the only female on this team, she represents all of nerd feminism for Heads Must Roll. I'm representing really well. Represent. Clearly the the period jokes are how she's how she's conquering yeah. nerd feminism here. You've been given all this power and this is what you do with it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll continue to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. With great power comes great period jokes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to follow into this room too, I guess, if everyone's hanging out in there. And so as you enter like this giant like conference room, you can see that like on the walls, there's like some paintings of what looks like old priests. It looks like 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 the head priests of the order before. They're all kind of like lined up, kind of like past CEOs. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Are they all stuffy white men? Do we need to ask that. <laughs> no, they, yeah, they have they have all kinds of all different races and colors and genders. Creeds. Well, not necessarily creeds because they, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all good. they're all leaders of an act one temple. So I guess they all have to be the same creed. Are there um like name plaques so like we would be able to find like what Solomon looks like based on these? Yeah, well, I suppose as you go to, like, kind of the very end of where, kind of like the current members, you can see that there's an oiled painting of Father Solomon. And so you can see that he's on there, and he kind of looks, you can see that he's got the gold and purple robes on, and you see he's basically just kind of like this bald human with, with like a white beard. Are there, are there like inscriptions of like, is it just like oil painting and name for all these priests or does it like have any it's sort of... name and then also the date of when they mm. led Mercy's Burden. So he's been the leader for apparently five years. How many years? Five so far. So he's not tenured yet. Not quite. Yep, still working on his pension. <laughs> <laughs> that retirement's not looking so sweet yet. He's got. He's not vested yet. Has he been investing in an IRA? What's the percentage of the church I, I was gonna say, yeah, it's not as good as the the Children of Chaos. I know why they have like the pension systems of the competing organizations. Tell me his health benefits package. <laughs> Just refer them to HR. Can we send him his severance package and on his way? Or what does W twos look like? I don't have that expansion book yet. They don't have that in the DM manual. <laughs> Do you have IR investments for <laughs> the Forgotten Realms Tax Man's Handbook? <laughs> mm, honestly, I bet somebody made that. Oh, one hundred. Someone thinks that's fun. That would be the worst kind of independent developer content. Get ready for season two, kids, when we actually <laughs> just start <laughs> playing accountants. Somewhere in this crypt, there's got to be a filing cabinet full of like personnel files. We can see if he has oh, any yeah. like any uh, demerits on his personnel file. Hold Let's that go against find him. Father Solomon, tell me he's being terminated for cause. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care about encumbrance weight, but we do care about your taxes. <laughs> God damn right we do. We got rid of this optional rule and put in a new one. <laughs> Did you pay your 0.5 tax on the silver piece you earned? Uh, does the uh, rest of this room look like it's been like ravaged or is it sort of like this was a safe haven for them and it was relatively untouched? Mm, it looks like it was relatively untouched. You can see that like some of the chairs are kind of tipped over and you can see that they're like the table's covered in dust. And also the chair, so it probably hasn't been used. It doesn't look like zombies like came in and like ripped everything apart though. Like all the paintings look like they're in good order, although hasn't been cleaned in Lord knows how long. So they had moved to Zoom. But it feels like this is like the conference room. The hint that we're getting is that this is the conference room where or the big wigs make their big decisions here. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about HR personnel files, but are there any sort of like file cabinets or anything around? Like, there aren't there any file cabinets in here? No. So it's really there's not much other than kind of like the hall of pictures along the wall, and also the very large kind of conference table right in the middle. Anything under the table? So as you check under the table, there's doesn't seem to be anything under the table other than just just dust. And the table is em empty and covered with dust. Mm -hmm. Yep, so it's just kind of like a blank, like heavy wooden table. Okay, well, Riven's had enough of this conference room, so I'll, I'm going to head back up the stairs, and I'm going to go by the door to the other room that's barricaded and hang out there and see if I can hear anything. That was the one across the hall, right? Yes. Yeah. The one that Delana was trying to break into but failed? But failed miserably. Well, miserably is a little bit of a harsh way to describe it. 
I felt pretty miserable about it. <laughs> she literally rolled a one on a strength check, and then yeah. she has negative two strength, so it is it was a negative achievement. It was hella embarrassing. She actually reinforced it in her attempts to pound it down. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Just wedged it harder into the space. <laughs> right. She added a chair to the barricade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will work, and then gently like wedges it in there, and it's like perfect. Help, so while everyone was in there, Eli was actually just standing by the door. Anything transpire in a few minutes? Everyone else went in that boring room? While everyone was kind of checking out the conference room, I suppose you would have heard kind of like through the barricade that's kind of across the, the hall from the conference room, you would have heard kind of, it sounds kind of like a nasal voice calling out. It sounds like he's talking to a group of people saying something about betrayal. Can Daniel punch it? <laughs> punch betrayal? Punch the voice? <laughs> no, yeah, punch the voice. No, the barricade. I want to try and... <laughs> Karate chop this barricade to death. You, you can punch it. it. It's like a piled up assortment of old kind of antique furniture. Yeah. Well, Daniel's never been one for like antiques or anything. So he's going to try and like just beat it apart, I guess. I don't know. Punch him. Okay, you can just start going to town. <laughs> By all means. Uh... What is that? That's an 18 to punch? Mm-hmm. You didn't miss the pile of furniture. That's a direct hit. Okay, I'm just oh, I'm just going to roll all my cool attacks. <laughs> I think I get okay. two cool attacks. Two cool attacks! Can you use a key point and make it explode away, like, cinematically? I thought about it, but I only have one. Oh, dang it. I know. And then a sick 14? I guess those are both hits. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's it'd be really hard to miss. It's like a... 10-foot opening filled with wood. You just have to... <laughs> You're literally punching the broadside of a barn. It, it, yes. I'm trying to find its weak points, though. You know, the, the, the points that, that jostle or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Damage! Ooh. Eight for one. And eight for the other, so 16 points of damage. Okay, 16 points of damage. The the second that I hear Daniel start punching inanimate objects, I'm going to swig my last potion because I will die if I don't. And it's less that you hear me punching inanimate objects and you just hear Daniel's punching noise. You get, whatever sounds his body makes. And thought to himself, that sounds like death. He gets Vietnam flashbacks from last session where he got punched a couple times. <laughs> well, yeah, you, yeah, it's my fault that, your fault that I'm weak right now. Oh, yeah, I beat the hell out of you. It was hilarious. <laughs> and for the sake of nostalgia, um, how about we have Eli cast some darkness on something? Oh, my God. Not yet. <laughs> Spice it up. I'm going to wait until the last 10 minutes. <laughs> we'll just end on darkness. So now that I'm feeling healthier, I'll, I'll turn around and approach what Daniel is doing. Okay, and Daniel has effectively... How much did I chunk through it? You punched right through the seat of a chair, and then you kicked through. There's like a bench across like the bottom. You kicked right through it, and so there's wooden splinters kind of flying everywhere. But then you see there's like a small <laughs> coffee table, but then you flip that one out of the way, and there's maybe just like a couple more things kind of piled up. There's a really big chair with like a nice like velvet cushion on it. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is kind of like The Shining where he's cutting through the door, except the whole time he's going, ya Here's Danny. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel motions for the crew and says, come on, bros, and then proceeds with another punch. Okay. Uh, for soft sick. Oh, wait, do you add proficiency to damage? Mm, no, not to not to damage. Yeah, either your strength or I think with your hands, your decks can be put on damage. Well, I'm gonna get really inspired by all this fantastic kia, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start punching the other side of this since he's oh, ten feet wide. Yeah, it's just a bunch of furniture like piled up into. I'm gonna stand back and just watch. Room. This is. <laughs> and so you two guys are just going to town on this furniture. Sneaky boys doing the sneakiest <laughs> shit around. The, the least sneaky thing imaginable. <laughs> I was even thinking, like, if Daniel ever needed to, like, sneak attack, he'd just whisper, he'd go, Kia, and then, like, karate chop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, Kia. <laughs> like, under your breath? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kia. Oh, what I'm going to do while they're pounding on that is I'm going to cast Minor Illusion to make it sound like zombie noises? Maybe then they won't think it's like real people breaking in on them. No, make it elephant noises. It'll really confuse them. <laughs> Say that again. So make it elephant noises. <laughs> or what about zombie elephants? Ooh. 
<laughs> this day can't get any better. I guess they probably, since they barricaded the door, they don't want zombies to come in. So I guess making zombie noises wouldn't make things better. It would just make them more surprised when sentient things come through. But I don't think it improves the situation at all. Now that it's I'm the one I it. would want to probably kill us. Wait, so so DM call on us, us sitting here talking about what noises he should make. Does he hear us? sitting here talking like, no, 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 make those noises elephant noises. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys are kind of like breaking apart this, the wooden furniture, you hear the kind of like a nasal voice from fairly far away, kind of in that room that you're trying to break into. And you can hear clearly, he goes out, unseeing ones, fortify the doorway. And you hear kind of like this rustling of feet and kind of this like grunting and snarling come slowly closer oh, as you hear like I mean several pairs of footsteps coming closer. Bro, those sound like zombies. Unseen ones? Yeah, blind zombies. They go by sense of smell. Would I be able to with minor illusion imitate an exact voice? Yes. So as soon as he says that and I start hearing them clumping toward me, I'm gonna be like in that exact same nasal voice be like, Unseeing ones, I'm kidding. Stop right there. <laughs> Eat Father Solomon. <laughs> Roll a deception on that, just to see how that how comes convincing off. of a voice that is. I rolled a five plus five, so ten. Okay. Ooh. What did you tell him to do? I said, unseeing ones. I changed my mind. Stop right there. And you kind of hear like some of the footsteps stop, and you just kind of hear this like. <clears throat> And you can hear him like sniffing and kind of snarling of whatever the heck these things are. And you hear some footsteps keep going back. Then the other voice from further back goes, Why are you stopping? Seal the doorway! <laughs> keep it going, keep it going! So you hear some footsteps coming closer, but not all of them. Then I'm going to do it one more time and be that voice and be like, uh, Unseeing ones, gently remove the riffraff from the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Uh, you know. I mean, we're trying to break into the room, right? So they might as well just help us open. But then they're going to be right there. Unseen ones, fight for my amusement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unseen ones, kiss each other. Can I change my mind about what I'm telling them to do? Or I guess I spontaneously just did that, right? So. So, and from the other side, you hear kind of like some snarling and grunting and you kind of you feel some like wood being pulled from like the pile of furniture and you can see the furniture slowly shift inwards. Right. There seems to be some descent within whatever the unseen ones are as like some of them are kind of like snarling and like snapping at each other seemingly kind of conflicted over whether they're supposed to put more furniture on or take furniture away. You can kind of hear some grunting and snapping and I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper and I'm, I'm gonna go Angus make them fight each other. I guess I'll do one more minor illusion and be like, unseeing ones, hit each other with your furniture. <laughs> See if that yeah. works. <laughs> Some big noggin th thinking there. His brain was boiled in acid. Maybe they're unionized and you should have just sent them on break instead. <laughs> yeah, unseeing ones, take your designated 15 minute break. <laughs> <laughs> and you do hear... It sounds like one, like something gets like pulled out of the pile of furniture and you hear the sudden like smash of wood, <laughs> a wooden chair up against the head and you hear this like, rah, rah, and then a small kind of like scuffle between, sounds like at least a couple of them. Nice. And it sounds like kind of like two rats like getting into a fight with each other. That was worth it. You can hear the the yakety sax playing on the other side of the. It's muffled, but you can hear it. The punctuated <laughs> <laughs> with the occasional kia. Is uh, is Riven and Daniel still just smacking away? Yeah, I suppose you guys are still hacking away at it. From down inside, you hear the other the voice go. Unseeing ones, what are you doing? Thrall, keep your eyes on the betrayer. My faithful, stay where you are. Oh, shit. Which one of us is the betrayer? I hope it's me. <laughs> okay, Daniel? Uh, 16 more points of damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you kind of punch through one of the last thicker remaining coffee tables, and you can kind of you can see into the room through the pile of furniture. My follow-up attack is a headbutt through that same hole to further widen it and hopefully crack it in half like it's a jujitsu school and then like look at look uh, and then take a look and see what it is okay the last one your face punches like 
right through like a wicker chair so your face is just like sticking out of the back of this chair and you can see that these unseen ones which are right in front of you they have these really raggedy like purple ropes on they're probably about like four or five feet tall and you can't see their faces but they're like these hunched over figures all carrying these like little like wooden clubs and all you can see is like these purplish greasy lips with like with rotten sharp yellow teeth behind them and then like this straggly black hair coming out from like under like their hoods are flipped up over their heads they're kind of like shoving each other and arguing in some kind of like chattering weird language you haven't heard before cool and then further down the line it looks like there's like it's like a big hallway there's light in this room you can see there's some people that are kneeling in between really thick stone pillars and there's a lot of light coming from kind of further down this really really wide hallway and there's two really large kind of phones in the middle. In that hallway from like the main room, I guess, that I see, does it dip left or right? I guess from my perspective. So from your perspective, it's going to dip to the left. Cool. All right. And then Daniel rips his head back from his, you know, the hole in the, <laughs> the, hole in the wall and uh, is like, we got to get in there. <laughs> Do you count how many people were in there, Daniel? No. No. Okay. I shouldn't have counted on you to count. You would have counted, there would have been six unseen ones. There's at least ten in there. Right. <laughs> I mean, in that case, is there anything that I can hit with, like, an Elder's Blast through the hole? Take a look! <laughs> and Daniel points at this conveniently-sized Daniel-shaped hole in the wall, <laughs> or whatever, head-shaped hole in the wall. It's like your own Kool-Aid man hole. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, is there anything to just blast away at until they come break down the rest of it for us? There is a face hole that you could stick your face into, but I guess there wouldn't be like a direct line. There's not a direct line yet, I guess, through the furniture for the... Like, there's nothing like directly in front of, like, none of the unseen ones, no. Oh, did I say six? I meant seven. Yeah, that's a lot. That's okay. Uh, Dan so Daniel's count was right. Six, ten, twenty-five. It's it's really all the same. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel inclined to rip more of this part. Let, let them do the work. Yeah, I was going to say, blast them, and then step aside, and then I'll blast through the hole with my short bow, and then, boom, Delana can step up and blast through the hole, and we'll yeah. just yeah. use the barricade to our advantage. It'll be a glory hole. Everyone take turns giving it a blast. It'll be a gory hole. <laughs> oh, good. Good with the dad puns. Hashtag gory hole. That's the name of the episode. Check us out on our dad puns only fans. <laughs> So th is there any way to partially look in and, like, just zap someone or...? Yes, you could look through the hole and, I guess, shoot a Eldritch Blast through it. Is there anyone worth shooting? I'll just randomly choose one. I don't know. They all look the same. Yeah, you can see that there's, like, a couple, yeah, that are closest that seem to be kind of in a scuffle with each other. Uh, the non-scuffling ones, they can mind their own business. Okay, the two scuffling ones are the closest. They're basically... In the way. They're, yep, they're kind of like the first ones. Alright, well, well, then screw it, then I'm just gonna shoot one in the face, then. Blast them. We have no choice. And then, he started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> Is that meme still relevant in Christmas time? We're, we're gonna make it relevant. We're bringing it back. <laughs> leading the revival. Okay, roll a blast through a hole in a wicker chair. Jingle blast. Blast through that gory hole. Jingle blast. Jingle blast all the way. <laughs> Jingle blast that gory hole. <laughs> I'll be home for Blastmas. Merry Blastmas, everyone. Anyways, <laughs> rolling the dice here. It's a total of a 20, not a natural 20. It was almost natural. Total 20? Yes. The okay. One of the ones that is in a scuffle with another one has been blasted. Great, it takes four damage. As the wispy blast streaks towards it, and you kind of blast off like a part of its shabby purple robes, and you can see that underneath there's this nasty kind of purplish gray skin under the robes as part of it's blasted off, and it shrieks in pain as now all of them are alerted that something just got blasted through that blast hole. <laughs> blast hole. Well, I will step aside with whatever turn I have left. Whoever wants. <laughs> Whoever wants to step in. And with that, we'll roll initiative. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, rolling dice. Cue the battle screen. Can you do the Pokemon, like, swipe away, please, before the, the battle starts? For 
That's that's very time consuming. But I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think it's just a filter. It's just a, a two second filter or whatever. I'll I'll do the the whole thing and then I'll send it to you to do that. We should have battle music though. Yeah, we're just gonna turn it to two sides with the fucking DM on one and then us on the other. And it's just a Pokemon screen. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, Delana, what you got? Oh, uh, 12. Okay. Daniel. 16. Uh, Eli. I got a 10. Ingus. I am also 12. Okay, who wants to go first, Delana or Ingus? Make him do a roll off. Yeah, roll off. Let the dice decide. Roll off. Are we just doing straight dice? Yeah. I rolled a 17. Okay. Nine. So you win. Ooh. It's anticlimactic. Riven. 15. Okay. Daniel, Sanway, you are... Shit. First guy. Yep. I don't have anything to blast. Yep. So a lot of, like, screeching and grunting from Fight the other side. Fight a torch or something. Throw whatever rocks or pieces of wood. Improvise oh, you a chair. Throw a rock at them. I do have improvised weapon whatever. How much furniture is still in the way at this point? Just for an update. Um, there's, I mean, enough to be in a pile, but there's, it's just a thin, maybe like one layer of furniture at the top and then maybe a base of a couple layers at the bottom. So fairly thin. It could be a little bit more punching wood. Blast it through. Clear trail mm-hmm. or a little blasting. But visibility is still through a hole for both of both sides. Yeah. I mean, so you can like see light like through like little holes, but for like a clear visual, there's that one hole in the back of a wicker chair. Yeah, the Daniel hole. And then Eli blasted through it as well. It's a hole about yay big. If there's a splinter of, or like a shard of, <laughs> of broken antique valuable furniture and, you know, yay big and, you know, a good six inches, whatever's throat. Like, with like a nail in it, maybe? Yeah, maybe a nail or something. Like a miniaturized board with a nail in the back. If I can mm-hmm. have that and I can throw it through the hole, I would love to try. Like ninja throw it. Okay. If there's something smaller and less convenient, I'll still do it. Yeah, so I mean, there's like a chair leg. I mean, there's some like kind of like disembod- some nails that were in the broken furniture and also some chair legs. Yeah, Daniel will totally pick up a chair leg and try and like, <laughs> like try to really <laughs> like needle its way through that hole. Just the the mass of zomboids, which I would believe is the same one that got blasted. Yeah, that'd probably be the same guy that got blasted. You can, you can see him through the blast hole. <laughs> Clearly. Ooh, if it's dexterity, then it's a flat pan. So you throw it through, and it kind of like nicks the, the top of the blast hole, and it just goes, yeah. and then this like yeah. clinks across the floor. Mm, that's what I think. I was hoping you would just hit it and then just fall straight down, still on our side, and be like, <laughs> I tried. Your strength is a 19, though, right? Because you have those. Super, super wonderful gloves. Yeah, but I figured it'd be dex to throw. If it's strength, then it was oh, yeah, only an 11. Oh, that's right. You've got the super strong... Velvet hands. Mm-hmm. His strength was really, really bad before. That solved that problem. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> <laughs> I assume the go- gloves are fingerless now, given all the punches. <laughs> also, for aesthetic reason. You punch people with your fingertips? Maybe they're knuckleless. They have the fingers, yeah. <laughs> Just the fingers. <laughs> the knuckles are missing. That's stupid. <laughs> that's right. That makes sense. Anyways, so da- that's Daniel throws it. It fucks up and goes. Oops, is what he says. That's his turn. Okay, Riven. All right, I'm gonna take my turn stepping up to the gory hole and shoot through it. This <laughs> is turning into a carnival game here. Right, right. Yeah, it's like shoot arounds in basketball. Like everyone runs to one spot and then moves out of the way. Ooh, that's a three plus, probably not enough. <laughs> Six, nine total. Ooh, is that with a short bow? Yeah. Okay, so you're trying to you're trying to kind of shoot through this like kind of like little hole, and it just it just shoots off and whizzes right past the figures beyond the blast hole. <laughs> well, with the rest of my move, I'm going to move out of the way, and then because I have cutting action, I'm also going to hide. Okay. And after that, you hear kind of like a, that nasal voice. It sounds a little less distant. It says, Unseeing ones, come back to me. What's going on down there? Retreat. <laughs> Dang it. Now who's going to take down all this furniture? The sneaky boys. They'll take the contract. And then it goes to Ingus. So does that mean that the unseeing ones have taken their turn and moved however what their speed is away already? Or? No, they haven't had their turn yet. So they just heard him command them. Yep. So I have this alchemist sling from way the hell back when. So I'm going to pull that out with one of my my ball glass balls of fire potion. Oh yeah. 
But I also have um, a thing called Psychic Blades through College of Whispers where I can use one of my inspirations to make my weapon toxic and add 2d6 psychic damage to it. So I'm going to put one of those glass fireballs to my head and be like, let them know that they are dim-witted followers. And then I'm going to load the alchemist sling up and shoot it through the hole at one of them. (laughs) Some clown shit right there. (laughs) I really hope you hit. Roll the sling. Roll the sling. Please, Jesus, it's your birthday. Let me. It is. <laughs> Allegedly. What is the sling? Did I have any bonuses to it? Uh, it was a 15. Okay. Is there like a natural, like for ranged weapons, a natural you, you bonus? You have a dexterity, so your eye hand coordination. Yeah, dex plus proficiency. Mm-hmm. 17. Ooh. Oh, yes. That's pretty hot. And so the, the glass alchemist orbs breaks up against the unseeing one that before got blasted by blasted Eli and he bursts into flames and also so it's got psychic energy imbued into it as well so the flames are searing into his brain about how much of a like worthless follower he is (laughs) hopefully that's that's how I interpret it alright that sounds that's very painful he's like all of my work is derivative yeah, 2d6 ego damage. So it says for the fire damage, it's 1d4 per round that he's on fire. So do I roll that for the first round too? So it would be 1d4 plus 2d6? Yep. So roll for damage. How many rounds? Ooh. Infinite. Until he puts himself out because it's like a tar, right? That sticks to him? Mm-hmm. So he can do... Yeah, he can. you can pat yourself out. It's a 13. Okay. That's a lot of fire damage. And as he bursts into flames with a with kind of a squeal, and you can hear like the rest of the unseen ones kind of like scuttle back from their comrade that's now on fire, but he screams and just kind of collapses as he's just kind of like <laughs> a, is now a burning pile of ropes. Well, now we have a light on that side. <laughs> if you cast <laughs> darkness, then we're okay. No, we got plenty of time for that still. <laughs> Don't tempt him. So, because you said like speak is sort of just like a free sort of thing, right? If mm-hmm. I can toss it out there. Would I be able to do, because I, I can't cast a minor illusion spell to sound like him, but could I do like a performance check to make my voice sound like him? Absolutely. During a bonus. So I want to do a performance check to make my voice sound like him, and I want to instruct the unseeing ones to try to put out the fire by hugging their comrade. <laughs> is that me just attempting to do way too much in one turn? Because if it is, I'll just give up so normally like with like skill checks it's supposed to be an action but with this one since it's like verbal i'll let you do it since like it's a verbal one and talking is supposed to be a free action so if i pull it off it's me saying hug your fallen comrade to put out the fire in the unseely one commander voice i rolled a 16 plus god seven so uh 23 that's a dog pile now. That's pretty hot. Bards, man. If that's me taking too much advantage of a turn, I understand, and you don't have to let me do it. Just do it next turn. Give it to him. So you can you can see, like, the figures through the little blast hole. You can see they're kind of, like, looking at each other and then looking back, back, you know, down the hallway behind them, and then looking towards the blast hole, and then looking, one of them looks intently down at the comrade that's on fire, but they can't <laughs> take an action yet. But they seem confused. So it seems like it was very convincing. Nice. And I will just take whatever's left of my move action to step back away from the door again. Yeah. Probably just five or ten feet or whatever. Gotcha. Then next up is Delana. Can I tell if these like creatures are like undead? Mm, you haven't seen them. They're making that's with the grunts and like snarls that you're hearing. It doesn't sound like they'd be un, undead. I guess. All right. The sounds are much different than the hissing and monstrous snarling from the zombies before. Cool. I'm gonna step up to the the gory hole. <laughs> <laughs> step up to the gory hole. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do the the chill touch again on. <laughs> I guess maybe not. Obviously not the burning one and not the guy who's can i see if the guy's like distracted you can see the guy the one that's closest to you is the one that's intently eyeing the burning body he's looking back at his comrades then looking back at the body kind of confused but seems like he might try to put him out with himself i'm gonna try maybe for one of these back ones it's it's a 120 feet i guess range so aim for one of these back guys 21. Ooh, that absolutely hits one of the unseeing ones in the back. Sweet. So this 1d8 necrotic damage. There we go. Seven. And so one of them gets hit with the the chili beam and you hear kind of like a screech 
come up from that one as the other ones all look over at it and they all started kind of like screeching in unison at the gory hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to screeching at the gory hide hole. behind Riven, actually. <laughs> yeah. Hide behind the other rogue. When the going gets tough, the rogues hide. There's a nice hiding spot under his cloak. I've been there. <laughs> All right. Then after that, so then the unseen ones, few of them in the back go towards like the voice that had come down before telling them to kind of fall back and retreat. They go, they back away and like slowly kind of scuffle down. I mean, they, they walk like their legs are two different lengths. The one that got hit with the with the chill touch is like grasping at like a part on its chest that got hit and he scuttles away. The other one looks back behind him kind of confusedly and then dives on top of the bur- his burning companion <laughs> trying to put him out and just lets out this horrible screech. And you hear this other, the nasal voice from down the hallway goes, What are you doing? <laughs> As it's now on top of its burning companion, screeching, trying to pat it out with his own body. But now he, or and or she, I suppose, is now also on fire. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> We're very uh, gender equality at Heads Must Roll, and we'll light the women on fire, too. Absolutely. Everyone gets lit on fire here. Before we kill you, what's your preferred pronouns? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have asked first to be to be polite, but... <laughs> right, them, they are on fire. <laughs> All right. And so this guy, he or she, stands back up and is now on fire, and you can see that it, like, pulls its... <laughs> robes it's like burning robes off trying to get like the fire off of it oh oh it's gross and naked (laughs) (laughs) that reveals kind of like a gross gray skinned kind of greasy body with this long like black greasy hair and they've got like this purplish gray skin and sharp pointed ears we're very gender inclusive we are not very body positive But that's all they're going to do. But the other, the other ones have just kind of like retreated back towards the commanding voice. And then Eli, your turn. I guess I'll take a look in the glory hole and see what there is to be seen at this point. Don't ever peek through the glory hole. <laughs> First of all, it's a gory hole and not a glory hole. Get that right. Yeah, there's no glory in there. There's only pain. <laughs> so you look through the gory hole and there's a flaming body at the bottom as well as this one standing now next to it that's like getting off its flaming robes. So it's now naked and you can see what looks like kind of like a short, really fat, man with like this kind of gray purpley skin you can see he's got like yellowed sharpened teeth and where his eyes would be you can see there's skin that just goes like it's almost like healed right through it that's messed up so he does not have eyes so casting darkness will probably have no effect i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) i wonder if he did that on purpose (laughs) how about the further back ones are they visible you can't see see they're they're not visible outside visual range all right blast them that's a good idea let's do it we're just gonna blast one that's standing, because I think the one that's down is. We'll just let him be. All right. So does a twelve hit? Twelve does hit. So the blast goes through the gory hole and connects to the naked thing. <laughs> ah, crap! Four damage again. And a part of its skin blasts open and it shrieks. Now stepping away from its on fire kin. And I will move away from the hole. Eli steps back. Everyone's taking their shots through the gory hole. (laughs) (laughs) Shots through the gory hole. Okay, goes back up to Daniel. Did you say the Eldritch Blasted guy was killed? He's alive still. He's still standing. Yeah, Daniel will move closer, thinking that that'll improve his chances on making it through the gory hole, whatever he throws. And he picks up another similarly shaped chair leg and tries to hit the one that's in line of sight. But before he throws that, I'm going to yell, Daniel, just punch it. (laughs) Punch through the hole. There's fire over there. (laughs) And he he throws the shit. Uh, Okay. So that's a fat 16. Okay. So it makes its way through the gory hole and smacks the creature right upside the head. And then what do you want me to roll damage wise for a chair leg? Like dice wise. I mean, hmm. 1d4. I was going to say, yeah, let's do 1d4. Okay. And then I guess as a thrown weapon, you can add on your strength. <laughs> add strength? That's stupid. Okay. Oh, God. It's just five. The cheerleg's going like Mach 5. <laughs> does the 
<laughs> improvised weapon like feet or whatever tell you what the dice number is that you're rolling or am i but i i didn't write it down i'm sure there's a rule for it but this is funnier but we should judge it by what the thing is right like that's how i feel it should be in this case we'll look that up for next time okay then five damage five yes five damage okay and you go and then you hear this and as you kind of see through the gory hole it sticks into like the side of his neck and he collapses <laughs> Radical! Alright. Daniel, are you just gonna... Are you just gonna move kind of like back out of the way for the I, next I person? I got 40 or? feet okay. of movement. Yep, I'll move right there. Okay. The other side of the wall. Or opposite of me, I guess. To allow gotcha. clear visual. And then it goes to Riven. I'm gonna leave hiding. I'm gonna run up to the barricade. And I'm gonna kick it. And then I'm gonna run back to the wall and I'm gonna hide again. Brave, okay. Do I roll for damage? <laughs> yes. What do I roll? A d4? Yes. Then add your strength, I suppose. Ooh, that's a four plus one. Five damage. Is there any bonus to charging anymore? Mm -mm, no, mm. no charging. Okay, and you kick at the furniture pile, and uh, some of the other pieces of wood from the top begin to kind of tumble down. And now some of the, I guess, normal-headed non-halfling folks in the party can kind of see over the top of like the furniture <laughs> pile. And so it could conceivably be crawled over at this point. Okay, and then I'm going to move back to the wall opposite of this little opening, and I'm going to hide. Okay. <laughs> just hide, just in case. You never know. And then you hear, so from down in the hallway, you think you faintly hear kind of some chanting in kind of a nasal voice, and then some, and then it stops, and you hear nothing after that. And then after that, Ingus, it is your turn. Mm-hmm. So the only, like, clearing is above. There's not any hobbit-sized holes <laughs> underneath that I could crawl through. Let's see. The gory hole isn't quite hobbit-sized yet. Mm -hmm. Close. So climbing over something, how much distance does that take up? Is it just half speed or? Yeah, so like in this case, you could probably, you could climb over it like in a turn. But the odds of me climbing over it and then being discreet enough not to be noticed by the five other creatures in that room and then being the only one on that side is not smart. That would be tough. Also because it's a very unstable pile of furniture that was just piled up. So that would that'd be kind of tricky to do discreetly. Well, I'll just try to I'm just trying to see what kind of stuff I can do to contribute to knocking this over. I'm very not strong. I am going to just ram my body into it, I guess, to help knock things over with my strength of 10. Okay, I'd say roll like a strength check. 14 plus nothing, that's not the worst. Okay, that's not too bad. Okay, so roll like a 1d4 to like kind of do, I guess, damage to the barrier. One. I helped. Okay. <laughs> Wham! And you can see like one like broken chair like tumbles down from the top of the pile. <laughs> And then with my bonus, I'll take a bow, a very proud bow. Very good. Yep. <laughs> you think it shifted slightly. It kind of felt like it probably shifted. I feel like I did something. Nice. Turn complete. Go back to Delano. Can I like chop this thing with my hand axe? Absolutely. All right. Mm -hmm. It is wood, so it's very prone to chopping. Uh, that's a net 20. Ooh. So I do it for surezies. Mm -hmm. And then it's what, 1d6, I guess? Yep, so then you have to then double the dice. Oh, okay. 2d6? Mm-hmm. So that's, oh, I got a double six there. 12. Oh, my goodness. Making up for, you know, my fuck up before. <laughs> and you come through, just kind of push Ingus out of the way and start just hacking through a hole kind of right through here. And so you, you hack through what was left of that kind of wicker chair. Nice. And smash through a couple, like, nice coffee tables that were in the way. And now there's kind of like a clear hole able to go through. You've just left nothing oh. but splinters in your wake. Sweet. Can I just say that our most difficult enemy all season has been a pile of furniture? <laughs> <laughs> it's been the hardest for us to overcome so far. So that's that's like my action. So I can like I can move now or go hide or something? Yes. Can I hide past, the, can I walk through the barrier and hide over there somewhere? Is that possible? Yes, you can. I'm gonna do that. I hide from these, I guess, blind people, but. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I do that. <laughs> Just being very quiet and not smelling bad. So turn done. You forgot to hide. So on the mini map, I'm just gonna put you on the oh, other yeah. side. I'm guessing you're probably gonna like go in the corner. Yeah. Maybe like some rubble in the corner. You can 
trying to blend in with. Awesome. Okay. And then kind of down this hallway, since you're now, you've kind of cleared the, the burning corpses and then also the, the furniture pile, you can see that the remaining unseen ones are kind of bunched up a little further down the hallway. And you can also see what looks like a man in kind of like shabby purple robes kind of standing off to the side. What, about 20, 25 feet behind the clump of unseeing ones that are just busy, like, chattering and grunting at each other excitedly. Cool. And they're going to... They're going to stay in that formation for now. And we'll go down to Eli. So at this point, what does it take to get in there? You can just walk You can just walk on through. Delana hacked the entrance right through the wall of furniture. So there's an actual normal gap at this point. There's a gap of just splinters. Mind the gap. Now it's the gash instead of the gory hole. The gash. <laughs> the, gory, yeah, the gory hole is gone. Now we have the gash. <laughs> the gaping gash. Just make sure that with that gash, you shred that mad gash. You understand? Yeah. But you have to step over a flaming dead body, right, in order to get through the gash? Yeah, do you have to do that? Or is that, is that mm, flaming body just, still you there? You like, walk around and it's... Or has it, like, resorbed, like, most, uh, most flaming bodies in games? <laughs> it's still very on fire. It's like subcutaneous body fat is starting to, like, crackle now a little bit. Yeah, it does not smell good. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll enter the room with weapon brandished and uh let's see if i can i can i get in close enough to i guess just along the wall and turn left and shoot one of these guys or can i do that mm-hmm. i'll just keep the wall in my back and any of these look injured the ones in that formation no one of them you can see is like clutching onto like the side of his chest that seems to be kind of like rotting off oh i hit that guy that's the one that got chill touched from before i don't care what happened to him you can see they're all kind of like standing there in a group. It seems like they're waiting for something. It doesn't really matter what happened to him. What matters is that uh, he seems to be uncomfortable and we'll just make things simple for him. Attack the weak. <laughs> you could have put him out of his misery, but you decided to give him more misery. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, oh, man. I only rolled a 10. I don't know, does a 10 hit? And so right there as you go through, you say like the words... As you're kind of like winding up your blast, and as you try to send it forth, you see that nothing happens and you can't hear the words coming out of your mouth. It seems like there's complete silence. Oh, that's strange. Feels like a Chris Rock moment. Because <laughs> you can't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. So as you <laughs> kind of like speak the words, you notice that you can't okay. hear anything coming out of your own mouth. Well, that's really strange. Well, in that case, I will, I will stay put. I'll just have a, a weapon at my ready, I guess. Okay. Should have snuck in. Missed my chance. A chamber of muteness. Oh, I thought it was just a quiet room. <laughs> this is where you go when, when you go to timeout. You're in the timeout room. So these guys can't see, and now no one can hear. They're going to be just bumping into walls and shit? No, we can see them. They can't see us. And now they can't hear us. We can't hear them either. Unless know. you're muted now. You might be mute. But you, you can't hear yourself, and it sounds like they didn't react to you. Yeah. So we still have a leg up on them. We can see them. Right. Mm -hmm. But they can't see us. Yeah, they're, they're full Helen Keller right now. A question, though. Someone observing from outside this room watching Eli cast a spell, would we hear him talking, or would we see him trying to talk and not talk? Hmm. You could see him trying to talk, but you would, you would see or hear nothing from it. And also, now that you think about it, the like the fire that like was crackling before, you can't hear like the the flames aren't making a sound anymore. Although you can smell it, it smells terrible, and you can see it. So we should cast COVID on them so they can't smell or taste. <laughs> should we call it there? Should I do the endy thing? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us on another quest. Be sure to tune in next time to keep up with the continuing adventures of our crew. You can check out the video version of our adventures on YouTube, or you can listen to them as podcasts wherever podcasts are found. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Heads Must Roll on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks! Thanks!